Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Yes. Yes, it is. What's up? Uh, You know, it's taken everything in me just to ignore how itchy my arm is because I got this (laughs) tattoo. And like I was telling Madigan, it's a stick and poke tattoo. Yeah. Which was not that bad. Like I feel like people hear that and they're like scared for you or something and yeah that was all my reactions from people too yeah it really wasn't bad at all uh and it has not been like it's been healing really well hasn't been super painful throughout the healing process but anybody who's gotten a tattoo knows that like a couple days in like it's usually a few days in it just starts to like itch does aquaphor help the itch aquaphor does help so i have been putting aquaphor on it Um, yeah but you know you just get to that point where it's kind of like if you've ever had like a weave or you've had braids in for too long yes. and your scalp starts to itch yes. and you start to like pat yourself on the head, but you can't do that with a tattoo, right? You, you can like, like slap it a little bit you get a little pat. Like a little underneath. I've just been blowing on it. Just oh, so I feel like that would make it worse. That would, blowing. that would make me itchier. Like if I feel a light breeze on me, I'm like, oh God, what is that? I have oh, to no, like, it's like cool and it's, it like helps. Oh, that's funny. Like, oh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm good. I'm good, good otherwise. That's great. I had a day. <laughs> I'm fine. It was just one of those like, I keep making mistakes kind of days. Like today needs to be over kind of days. You I know? know. I understand. Some days feel like that. Well, Mercury is still in retrograde, I think. So. Okay. that Whenever people say that to me, I'm like, okay, good. I can. That's a good excuse for that's, me to use. That's the only reason why any of us keep up with it is so yeah. that we can shirk all of our personal responsibilities. Exactly. You exactly. Know? All right. So let's see who should go first this week. I would love to talk about Dave Chappelle. Oh, what do you want to start with? Uh, well, you know what? Why don't we just start with that? Should we just start with Dave? Yeah, yeah. Let's. It's it's a lot. This is my only topic. Okay. You look scared. I I just you know I didn't watch the special. I did. I watched most of it. Ooh. Uh, I didn't watch the special. It's difficult. It's not difficult. It's very easy. Like it's it's transphobic bullshit. Yeah. Uh, completely. But Dave Chappelle is one of those people. I wish I could remember the tweet that I saw where or maybe it was a TikTok that I saw talking about how he's like the perfect example of a person who's like you can have a lot of like really nuanced beliefs and ideas about certain things that are very helpful. Like, you know, he had his his stand up bit right after George Floyd. That was very like moving and meaningful. Yeah, and he's he's very educated and speaks very eloquently on racism and police brutality. On the and things a that lot affect of things, him personally. Right, he is incredibly right. intelligent and very poignant in what he says and very effective, but on things that he hasn't experienced himself or taken the time to educate himself right. on, uh, he needs to stop talking about it. Right. You and know I, what I mean? And Let's I feel just, like he has so much like, privilege that as he's so arrogant as well like about these issues where I feel like the way he speaks again I didn't watch this special but when Uh I've heard him 
because he said things in the past. Right. Uh, and I've heard him speak on it. He speaks on it in such a way where I feel like he's coming from a, a viewpoint that like, I'm right. Yes. I know the truth and everybody yes. else is just too afraid to say it. Yes. Right. Exactly. Well, and that's something that we love about comedians because they're truth tellers. They say it like it is and we want all of these things. But then there's a line where it becomes dangerous and it's perpetuating violence and all this stuff. So I've really enjoyed so many of Dave Chappelle's standups, particularly his older standups. Same. So we've watched, Max and I will always watch the specials that come out, but it was the one before this one where I had to stop it once, like I listened to a little bit of the transphobic stuff and I was like, well, maybe he's going to move on. And it didn't. And I was like, okay, I need to stop watching that. Well, and why? And this was even worse. What is up? Why? I don't know why he he has to keep talking about it because he's only... It's so strange to me, and it, and that's what makes it feel hateful to me. Yeah, I it mean, not, feels very and the fa- and he's not educating himself in between when he's getting backlash and people asking him to do so, and then he continually is saying the same really, really, really harmful things. So let's yeah. let's talk about it a little bit. So the show, uh, his special closer, came out last week on Netflix, and like we've been saying since then, it has received a lot, a lot, a lot of criticism, both from people like you and I and from critics alike and things like that. Uh, this special includes several minutes of, quote, jokes about trans people. And it's a lot, isn't it? Like, he it goes, goes on for quite on a while. and on and on to the point where I'm like, dude, stop. Yeah, yeah. Like, someone get, like, the cane and, like, pull him off the stage. You know what I mean? I'm like, make this stop. But he starts this whole segment by just saying, gender is a fact. Every human being in this room, every human being on Earth had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on Earth. That is a fact. And I'm saying it really robotically because I don't want to ever be misquoted. <laughs> right. But and you're like, I, please don't take this out of con, uh, out of like context. Yeah. <laughs> like someone's like walking through the room and like just hears me quoting that. And they're like, what are you listening to? Um, so that's how it started. And Max and I look at each other like, oh, this is not going to be good. And like he's, I said, he's giving like he's giving really annoying uncle energy right like yes. i have that uncle when i go to like Don't family all? gatherings who like comes in and they're just like well this is just duh, and yep. this is just a fact and i can talk about da, da, da. and it's just like you don't actually know like you don't know what you're talking about yeah like this is a product of the way you were raised and when you were raised and at that moment you decided that's all i need to know exactly about this thing and exactly. i never need to and nobody can tell me nothing about yeah. it Oh, yeah. Well, and and he uses a lot of excuses as well. So let's talk a little bit more about what he gets into. He jokingly calls himself transphobic multiple times during the special, which jokingly is in quotations in my notes because it doesn't make any sense. He's saying he's transphobic, but then he also likes to talk about the fact that he was very close friends with a transgender woman named Daphne who committed suicide shortly after the backlash of his last special. Okay. Yes. He doesn't go into why she completed suicide, what the, you know, didn't really get into that, but uses that relationship in his life How as a, dare you? I can't be transphobic because of this friend and I've helped her family and I've done all this stuff. If I was and her she family? was fine with how I talked and all this kind of stuff. So 
I'd be fucking furious. I, I agree. I agree. And, and that's the thing is like, I can't, I can't put myself in this Daphne's position to know whether or not she was truly offended or whether or not she was just kind of like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like, I, I can't, I don't know what their relationship was like and how she really felt. But to me, it just seems like such a slap in the face for Chappelle to be using that as a way for him to get away with saying some really, really, really awful things. Um, and his whole lesson he claimed of the, his whole special is that people are angry at him because they aren't listening to him. They're not understanding his real message. And he says that his jokes aren't aimed at trans people or gay people, but they're aimed at white people because he says gay people are minorities until they need to be white again. He also uses the fact that it is, is it the baby uh-huh. that like, apparently shot somebody uh, but it, he, people are really up in arms about his homophobic comments more than the fact that he like killed somebody i i don't know but i still don't it's understand what the point of that is like listen we can totally have the conversation about um the intersectionality or or lack thereof you know there is a certain amount of privilege that white gay men have for right. instance right yeah um, there is a certain amount of, of privilege there because they are still white men. Yes. Right. That's the whole concept of, of intersectionality. Correct. That that idea and that conversation, it's not mutually exclu- like you can still discuss. Exactly. I don't understand why he would introduce that in a conversation about tr- transphobia. Well, like, and he's also talking about and transphobia can also be really fucking scary. One hundred percent. And damaging and it can take people's lives and who's affected the most He's are like, black trans women. Like, I know. Why would well, he- I, and that was the biggest thing that I was screaming at my TV the entire time I was like suffering through it. Like I, I was like hate watching it. Like I had to get through it just to be able to scream back at the TV. But um, there was another like, and this is the thing. I don't think he is understanding even the differences between gay people and transgender people like he's putting everyone together in this one little umbrella because he was saying that the civil rights movement would have been way more successful if we all wore booty shorts and body oil and threw glitter around and all this kind of stuff like like the gay liberation does like massive misunderstanding i know of of gay liberation i know that entire movement Uh, like that is so fucking embarrassing dave Chappelle. like it's so embarrassing I, i get so fucking heated about this because that is so, not only is that embarrassing, it's dangerous. It's exactly the criticism. Everybody is like, get this fucking special off of Netflix. Uh, Glad released a statement that says, Netflix has a policy that content designed to incite hate or violence is not allowed on the platform. But we all know that anti-LGBTQ content does exactly that. Trans activists have also pointed out what we were just discussing, which is the erasure, the erasure, I hate that word, of black trans people. David Johns, executive director of the National Black Justice Coalition, wrote to Deadline saying, with 2021 on track to be the deadliest year on record for transgender people in the United States, the majority of whom are black transgender people, Netflix should know better. Perpetuating transphobia perpetuates violence. And there's I have more examples of tweets that, you know, essentially say if you're going to discuss advocating for the black community, you must discuss advocating for all of the black community. And that includes the LGBTQIA community. That's that's just the thing. I just do not understand it. I don't understand this. Well, he has a very small 
narrow-minded idea of what it means to be part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And he's taken those stereotypes and he's made them into, he's created these facts out of them, I feel like, by pointing out the things that we may find funny or humorous in his opinion about that community. It makes no sense, but Netflix is digging its heels into the ground because on Wednesday, the co-chief executive, Ted Sarandos, I think his last name is, but I hate him, so I don't care, came to Chappelle's defense, vowing to leave the special on the platform no matter how much criticism the company got. Of course, got. no, because in the end, it's actually good for the company. Oh, yeah, like it's, this- it's, an, it's like number three trending yeah, right now. Yeah, because controversy breeds views. Like, people are going to watch it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it's I, I I don't even really have words and it's just it's so disappointing like the yeah. look I had on my face when you said that you were going to talk about this like the reason why I have that look is because this is so fucking disappointing like as someone who does consider myself to be a member of the black community this just gets exhausting it gets really tiring because it's this very this this mentality is very prevalent in like old school black communities right right like and it's only been kind of recent where like black queer visibility has been higher i feel like um, really really recently really I mean, like, recently and, and look at all the shit that uh, lil nas x gets every day god is blessed that man yeah i love him and so it's 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 just hard and it's sad because you have someone like Dave Chappelle who like what he said after George Floyd died was so poignant and yes. struck a chord with so many people. And oh, was that like, special was like unbelievable. Right. And it this was man so good. has been considered a comedic genius. He's been held up within the African-American community for and, so long. And in the whole like comedy world, he's seen as like the end all be all of our generation as like the best comic. And it's hard. It's disappointing. And it's also hard to watch someone who is so committed to a hateful belief and the inability to educate himself that Mm -hmm. he's willing to destroy everything, you know, like, yeah. And it's been three specials now. And I guess, you know, the reason that this special was called closer was because this is going to be his, he's like, it's my last one for a while. And it says his last Netflix special. So hopefully he'll go away and educate himself during this time. He probably will not. It's been three specials in a row now that he has made essentially the same jokes. I mean, in this one, also, he came in defense of J.K. Rowling, saying he was team turf. Like, there's all of these things, while at the same time, quoting the Webster's Dictionary definition of a feminist and calling himself a feminist at the beginning of the show. It makes me wonder if he's burning it down on purpose. Like, I'm like, are you just self-destructive? Do you just want to, like... I don't understand I have, like... No idea. I have no idea. It made me... If I had known what the content of the special was before I started watching it. I never would have turned it on. But a part of me is almost glad that I was able to just, I mean, I watched, I think I stopped when it there was like 20 minutes left because I just couldn't take it anymore. But I'm almost glad that I watched it because it really was eye-opening and educating to the fact that this exists and the people in the audience how they were responding and cheering to certain things he was saying that's scary but then i can't imagine if i was a trans person watching watching it how scary that would be how terrifying it would be yeah how and like and that's all 
that's all Max or I could talk about and think about the entire time watching it because we do have a lot of friends that are on the gender binary. So for us, it's kind of mm-hmm. like it. I it's it's hurtful to think that it's hurting other people that you care about, and it's really frustrating. So he needs to shut the fuck up. Hopefully he's gone for a long, long time now. I can't believe that he got away with three specials with this well, much yeah. of that in well, this day and age. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a, you know, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain sort of situation. Mm. And uh, that's that's where we're at with Dave Chappelle. That's It's sad. If you do want to watch it and see what he says, I just encourage you to find it somewhere else that's not Not Netflix. Not on Netflix. Yeah. Watch some clips on YouTube or something and like don't subject yourself to the whole thing. If you're listeners of ours, it's going to make you as mad as it made me and I don't want to put you through that. So like if you are truly curious, especially about audience reactions and things like that, find some clips on YouTube. Don't give give Dave Chappelle or Netflix anything. Am I hearing cats or is that something else? It was definitely cats. Okay, because it sounded like it was coming from my phone, and I wanted to make. I was like, no, Hicks is pissed because we are in we are in here, and Anthony is in the bedroom, <gasps> um, and both doors are shut. Oh and no, he is feeling very excluded and left out right now. Poor baby um, Hicks. Well, you know he'll get over it. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do you got? Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. You know, this is really becoming a a Greg Abbott just bash fest podcast. Yeah, which, we really should like rename the mini episodes What's Going On in Texas yeah, or something what's, what's like that. What's happening with Greg Abbott today, you know? So <laughs> he he is the Texas governor um and on Monday he issued an executive order banning all state entities including private employers from enforcing vaccine mandates, which I have to say 
you know, you're like, oh, classic Greg, you know, but not really because it feels very hypocritical to me because this is the same man who came forward earlier and said, you know, we stand for freedom here in Texas and we're not going to tell private businesses what they can and can't do. Of course, what he meant then was we can't tell private businesses whether or not people should have to wear masks when they come in the store. Right. But when it goes the other way, he's saying like a private business cannot require that somebody be vaccinated to be hired to work there. Yeah. um, To attend, like to go into a a bar or have a show or like, yeah, he's, he signed an executive order forbidding it. Forbidding businesses to make their own decisions. Yes. So does that mean then that there is no mandate at all then, if that's what he's saying? Yeah. So the the order states that, quote, no entity in Texas can enforce vaccination against anyone in the state who objects for any reason of personal conscience based on a religious belief or for medical reasons, including prior recovery from COVID-19. Hmm. Hmm, This is really interesting. I wonder how they feel about babies and embryos. There's a thought. Huh. There's something about this, you know, freedom of religion and medical and blah, 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 that I feel like really could apply to something else in Texas right now. Yeah, it's, it is just <laughs> It's bananas. so hypocritical. Like, it's, it's so hypocritical. The two things going on at once are so... And again, for a state like Texas, who is always like, yeehaw freedom. Like, yeah. that's what Texas has always been. They're like, look, keep the government out of our shit. Like, that's always been Texas. <laughs> that's the state slogan. Yeehaw, Texas. <laughs> yeehaw freedom. That's what it should be. Yeah, just, yeehaw It really freedom. should be. And it's just like a golden eagle holding a cross. Yep. You know. Um, <laughs> but that's, it, it's just astounding to me. Yeah. Um, because... Every person, every business should have the right to make that decision, should be able to say for the safety of the rest of the people here, for the safety of my children, for the safety of people who, you know, maybe are high risk. Yeah. And for the same reason that he's saying that people should have the right to choose whether or not to be vaccinated, then businesses should have the right to whether or not they want to accept unvaccinated people to come right. into their business. And he said I think something that, that really annoyed me because he he said in his statement, and I feel like he felt like he needed to say this, that the COVID-19 vaccine is safe, effective, and our best defense against the virus. He did say that. But should remain voluntary and never forced. Here's the fucking thing, okay? And here's where I'm going to go off the rails. No one is forcing anyone. No. You have the right to not get vaccinated. You just can't go into those places or do those things. Right. Nobody is pushing a needle into your arm by force. No. No one is doing that. No. You just have to accept that, okay, maybe I won't be able to work at this place if I make that choice. Yeah. Like, it's very annoying to me because I see the comparison being made all the time, which is a fucking terrible comparison. Um, but a lot of people on the right are comparing this to um, forced sterilization or like yeah. Jews in the Holocaust is yeah. what comes up over and why? over again. Didn't we just say this? Yes. Like, why is everything fucking compared to the Holocaust. It's, it's not comparable. It's not. And like, Stop trying to make things as big of a deal as the Holocaust when they're just fucking not. They're <laughs> not. And nobody is forcing you. No. Nobody is dragging you out of your home 
Nobody is pulling down your shirt and forcing a needle in your arm yeah. to give you this vaccine. No. No one is doing that. You have the choice not to get it. Just understand that there are social consequences to that choice. Yeah. And so for Greg Abbott to stand up there and say, well, I, I've decided to make this executive order because no one should be forced. No one is currently being forced. Right. So you make a decision. You want to stay working at Southwest Airlines? Then you have to get a fucking vaccine. Yeah. Or quit. Go find another job because exactly. guess what? You've been telling us forever that everybody's hiring. Yeah. And that the only reason why people aren't working is because they're lazy. Yeah. So you so can let's go get some jobs and you can go work at Cracker Barrel. How about that? <sighs> sounds awesome. No shade on Cracker Barrel. I, I was just going to say, I mean, sounds like a dream. Yeah. Except for I don't. The one thing I would never want to work at another place that would like make coffee or food because you just smell like that food all the time. Yeah, I, I don't want to work in a restaurant again. You know, I, once was enough for me. Yeah. And like some people love that. Oh, my friend loves it. Yeah, absolutely. I was not cut out for it. Nope. It was not for me. Um, But yeah, and I will say Southwest and I think there is one other airline are based in Texas and they basically were like, LOL, no. Yeah. Like they were just straight like, we're going to do what we want and um, try and stop us because we employ a lot of people in this state. So um, I don't think it's going to end the way that he thinks it's going to (laughs) end. But okay. Oh, Um, man. To end on kind of a good note. Okay, good. Let's do that. Yeah. The last thing that I have by contrast, you know, Texas. Okay. And I know we have a lot of Texas listeners. Look, I'm not shading y'all. I'm really not. I mean, I'm dating a Texan, so. Listen. There's good ones out there. Absolutely. A lot of, I would argue, probably a lot of the people in Texas are chef's kiss. There's probably, you know, it's just. There's certain. There's a leadership issue. You know, and leadership issues. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But now I'm going to talk about California. (laughs) (laughs) So California public schools will be required starting next year to provide free menstrual products to students under a new law that was signed um, on Friday by Governor Gavin Newsom. Awesome. And listen, I am not a Newsom stan. I think Newsom has mishandled many things and I don't love the man, but this is a great call. Yeah. Uh, So the measure calls for public schools serving students in grades six through 12 to stock bathrooms with an adequate supply of tampons or pads. Newsom said California recognizes that access to menstrual products is a basic human right and is vital for ensuring the health dignity and full participation of all Californians in public life. That's actually in the law. That's not something he actually said. Right. But that's good. But yeah, I mean, and it's true. It's like, this is something that menstruating people cannot help. Yeah. Right. Like it's, and a lot of people can't afford them. We've had this conversation. We've had an episode of this podcast where we talked about that period products are expensive. Yeah. Um, And in a lot of places in the country, they are taxed as a luxury item. Right. Which is madness. It's bonkers. It's crazy. And I know that like also there, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, we would have to essentially pay whatever you had. Like if you had a dime or a couple pennies or something and then you would that's okay. be able to get it, yeah. which is like fine, you know, whatever. This is better, but that's, but, that's better but like, than what I had. Because you can't, especially as kids, it's like, I forget tampons all the time still and I'm 29 years old, you know, but like if you're out and you're not used to your period, especially in the beginning and you're a kid, it's not regular. What if you just get your period in right, the middle exactly. of the day? What are you supposed to do? Like the fact that it's just going to be on hand and you don't have to have coins on you or anything. I'm is a 31 year old woman and I 
I have definitely been out like because usually look I've gotten the hang of it I know like my period's coming soon right yeah. like, I, I can sense that it's coming but sometimes you know you just don't want to go to the store you just you're like you're out of tampons whatever you're like and, I'll deal with it when it comes right <laughs> and, and then it comes then and you're there. like oh no I shouldn't have procrastinated you know like yeah. that stuff happens to everybody yes so, so um, it needs to be available yeah. I always love to like I know that there are some like younger men out there and boys that have started carrying tampons with them in case their female friends need them. Yeah. And I think that that is one of the sweetest things in the world. If Absolutely. like boys in their backpacks just have like a little thing from mom just in case yeah. one of their lady friends needs it. Like I just think Help that's shoulder such that a financial sweet thing. burden as well. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I appreciate it. Um, the law also requires California State University, which is a system of 23. University? University? You said university. I don't think I did. I think you did. We'll hear it back. <laughs> when I'm <laughs> editing tomorrow, I'll text you and let you know. Uh, which is a system of 23 campuses around the state and each community college district. So all the 23 campuses and each community college uh-huh. to stock an adequate supply of free menstrual products in at least one designated and accessible central location on campus. Awesome. And it is encouraging private institutions to do the same thing. Um, and California has also eliminated, I I didn't know this, California has eliminated taxation of menstrual products. What? I didn't even notice that. No. I've been buying them. I've been buying them too. I didn't notice. Um, which apparently cost Californians who are born with a uterus more than $20 million a year. Yeah. So that's just in the, in the taxes. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um, and just to kind of bring it home, we did have a whole episode where we talked about, you know, the cost of, of periods and period poverty and all of that stuff. Yeah. And so I do want to reiterate that a study conducted earlier this year found that a quarter of teens said that they struggled to afford period products and up, uh, which was up one in, which was up from one in five teens in 2019. So mm. it just continues to go up and limited access to period products is a global issue, yeah. you know, and it's incredible that we've taken that step. I know that Scotland was the first country to make period products essentially free. Yeah. Uh, so I hope that it keeps moving in me that direction. T- me too. And I think it really, really helps with the stigma as well to have those conversations and to also have the products readily available. Like I just feel like the less it's hidden away in any way, the the better the stigma around periods are going to be. And yeah. so I think that having it be more accessible can only do great things societally as well. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Agree. All right. Well, that is all we have for you today, I guess. Right. Yeah. That's all I've got. All right. Awesome. So if you have anything that you would like for us to discuss in the news, or if you have any ideas for episode topics, please go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. Or you can direct message us on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can go ahead and rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. Last, but certainly not least, if you have not done so already, we greatly appreciate it. I'm going to burp. Oh, it tasted like McNuggets. Gross. <laughs> Last but not least. <laughs> if you haven't done so already, please go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It means so much to us, and it is the best way that you can help us as well. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to, to rage on. on. Bye.
Hi listeners, this is Amy from the production team at Realm. Remember the royal wedding? Kind of hard to forget with all those hats, right? Well, what if there was a story about everyone else at the wedding? The maids, the bodyguards, the hat makers? All that royal wedding magic doesn't come from nowhere, but these other characters don't get enough time in the spotlight, in our humble opinion. So, we created a different type of royal wedding show, perfect for fans of Love Actually. Think vignettes. All of London is abuzz with anticipation of the royal wedding, from the New York paparazzi flown in to catch the money shots, to the maids at Buckingham Palace. And every one of them has their own chance at true love. But when the princess bride and her maid of honor go missing, will love prevail? Royally Yours is a fun, flirty, and romantic show that intertwines five love stories that will sweep you off your feet. Be sure to listen and subscribe to Royally Yours wherever you get your podcasts, or learn more at realm.fm.